Hello, NFL fans, and welcome back to another episode of the One Man Experiment NFL Show. My name is Stephen Clinton. I'm your host here, just working through the very end of the uh, preseason week one film as I uh, make some updates to my model. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with me, I'm a former quality control guy. I worked at Northwestern University, University of Toledo, went on to get my master's in predictive analytics, and now I maintain a, a predictive model for the NFL that uh, projects game outcomes and player statistics. So just... Uh, uh, and rely a lot on the uh, coaches film uh, and my background watching that to uh, to inform that model. So just running through everything from the first week of the preseason to get things tuned in. So this is going to be a pretty uh, short episode today, just talking a few takeaways from just just three games between uh, the Washington football team, uh, which they'll continue to be called on this show, uh, the Carolina Panthers, um, and then the games between the Chicago uh, Bears and the Kansas City Chiefs and the uh, Seattle uh, Seahawks and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, yeah, just a, um, real real quick stuff on the, on Carolina. I don't, I don't think there's a lot to say about Carson Wentz. Looks about the same. Um, didn't play a ton in this game. Uh, on, on the Carolina side, you know, with Baker, it's a, pretty simple. He looks healthy, and, uh, you know, it's... Um, I guess I, I will go a little bit into this just real quickly, probably the last time we'll end up talking about it, but, you know, just just rewinding to last year when he got hurt, and it was it was so evident, um, you know, you didn't have to watch the film to see how hurt this guy was. I mean, there were games where he was, you know, put in, you know, slant routes eight yards high over guys' heads. I mean, it, it was bad. And the fact that the Cleveland Browns didn't, you know, force him to sit down it, it, and the idea that he was able to continue forcing his way out of the field when he when he was playing really poorly, right? Like, he's, he's hurting the team. He's not winning games. This is not, you know, Brett Favre continuing his Iron Man streak with a broken thumb and continuing to throw the ball well somehow. It, he was playing really poor football. And in the end, it was it's a lesson in why you just don't go on the field if you're injured and, and compromised as an NFL player because you, you look at the fallout from this, you know, from, from the club's perspective. You know, the Browns go from thinking that they've got the, their quarterback and, you know, some of the best vibes that the, the franchise had had in years to to being able to get less than the Jets got for Sam Darnold, um, you know, when, when the Panthers finally do make the trade for Baker Mayfield. So so from the club's perspective, the guy that you drafted first overall, you don't end up uh, you know continuing forward with him and you end up trading him for, for peanuts because you, the last taste that everybody in the NFL has of Baker Mayfield is, you know, what, what, three months of him playing with, you know, this, you know, completely fucked up shoulder and playing really poor football. Um, so, you know, really disappointing from the club's perspective and, you know, from Baker's perspective, he probably would have had, you know, a lot more demand. I don't know if he ends up in a better situation. I mean, the Carolina situation is a little bit iffy having to come into a training camp like this. But, you know, it, it just, you know, if you rewind to, you know, the part of the offseason where you had the Steelers ready to line up with with Mitchell Trubisky as their quarterback and the Falcons ready to line up with Marcus Mariota and, um, you know, Baker Mayfield's looking like he's going to be out of a job. I just can't believe that that would be the case. Would have been the case a year earlier when he was coming off that playoff win, and the way he played down the stretch. Where yeah, you know, I, I he still had more to prove to show that he could really be that franchise guy who's worth you know the top of the market contract who can really carry the team. But you know, he was showing flashes of doing that, and you know, if not that, he was you know a, a very competent quarterback who was executing the offense well in Cleveland. So you know, just just a total unraveling of the situation and you just get a reminder in this preseason game as soon as you see him moving around that it was all a result of him putting out film where he was injured and that you know 
just tanking his value completely because there, there's just no way that he, you know, shouldn't have been able to fetch some sort of a return. Anyway, that that's my rant, rant on Baker Mayfield. He looks healthy in Carolina. I'd, I'd be very surprised if uh, Sam Darnold ends up being the quarterback here. I think that this could be, you know, a very good situation for the uh, for the Carolina Panthers here. You know, way back when in, in Baker's rookie year before they had you know, Stefanski come in and, and install the run game. Of course, you had the year in, in between where you had the Freddie Kitchens experience, of course. But, uh, you know, before Stefanski came in and installed this, all this and the O-line was what it was, you know, Baker was making his living on making, you know, quick decisions and being quick through his progressions and getting the ball to the right guy and being accurate with it in that rookie year where he was doing some really good things. So I think he's got the infrastructure to do that here in Carolina with, uh, you know, obviously DJ Moore, one of the best run-after-catch receivers in the league. Um, excellent player in the short areas. I think more can get open at any level, but, you know, particularly when we're talking about that quick game for Baker, I think that, that he fits well with that. Obviously, CMC fits well with that theme as well. Um, so, so we'll see how, how things proceed. Um, you know, the Panthers obviously working with a rebuilt offensive line, looking to, to make improvements there after that was a huge struggle last year. Um, the first-round pick, Aquanu was just named the starter so uh so he'll step in and start playing with that group um you know so 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 we'll kind of see what happens um i assume that sam darnold is you know kind of riding out the string playing out the string here in carolina moving forward if baker was the starter um you know a uh, positive note for Sam Darnold, he did throw a heck of a ball, uh, you know, laying that out for his wide receiver for a touchdown in this preseason game while he was taking a hit from Montez Sweat. Um, you know, Sweat went around uh, the aforementioned Ekamokwano on a pass rush there. And, uh, you know, Darnold, nice job laying that ball out. But, you know, as I said, I don't, I don't think it'll be enough. You know, we've seen physical flashes from Darnold in the past. And, you know, the decision-making is just not there on a consistent enough basis. So I would imagine that, he is on the backup train now, and it would take a, a, a situation kind of like, you know, maybe a, a Ryan Tannenhill situation where he gets thrust into action and, and gets an opportunity that way. I can't see a team uh, coming out of training camp with Sam Darnold as, as their starter uh, moving forward. Uh, and, and I guess as a final note on the Panthers, I, I definitely think that I, I'm adjusting them upwards in my model rankings because of the way that Baker played. I thought that this offense, you know, could be kind of, kind of a train wreck. They're tough to evaluate, right? Because obviously the skill position talent is there between DJ Moore and, and Christian McCaffrey leading the band with, you know, supporting pieces like Robbie Anderson. Um, but the offensive line is, is such an iffy thing. Um, I, I definitely think, though, that Baker um, boosts them up to, you know, perhaps not being an average offense, but, you know, I kind of look at them as, as perhaps a below-average offense. I think it, it's more reason for optimism than with Sam Darnold, though. Uh, not any sort of great optimism, I guess I would say. Uh, moving forward to the Chicago-Kansas City game, um, I guess real quick on Patrick Holmes, looks like he can still play based on that drive. So yeah, he, he looks good. I think that they'll figure things out on offense there. Um, and then you, you kick over to uh, Chicago. And, you know, for Bears fans, I think that really this year you got to, I, I guess, resign yourself to, to um, just enjoying uh, the, the really special things that Justin Fields can do on the football field. Because um, <laughs> I think that uh, my first uh, – Chance to, to watch uh, this guy, Braxton Jones, who is mid-round draft pick that they're starting at left tackle over uh, Tevin Jenkins, who apparently is not working out after going in the second round last year. I mean, Braxton Jones got absolutely trashed by uh, Chiefs first-round pick George Karloftis in this game. Um, 
Karloftis actually got after a couple guys. He got after Braxton Jones, who's playing left tackle. He got after Michael Schofield, who was just signed to play right guard. Uh, both those guys looked iffy in limited action on the Chicago offensive line. Uh, Cody Whitehair got his ass handed to him by Chris Jones. Uh, I think that was the first snap of the game as well. So um, Justin Fields is not working with a lot up front, but he, he still does some really exciting things just from an arm talent perspective. You see the wheel route that he throws to Darnell Mooney when he's, he's under pressure. Um, Through threw a ridiculous back shoulder pass to Tajay Sharp when he was backed up on the goal line. Um, you know, I thought there was a chance it would get picked. Um, but if, if it did, you know, get by the, the def defensive back, it would be because it didn't have a chance to get in. And then Sharp's able to make the catch with his hands out of bounds and get the feet down. So that, that was really impressive. And then, uh, you know, you also see his scrambling ability, which I, I think we know uh, Justin Fields can definitely, definitely run a little bit, but we saw him take off and, and take advantage of some things. So, you know he's got he's got Mooney, but there is just not a ton more to work with here in Chicago this year. So, uh, but as I say, Justin Fields is going to do some really exciting things. Um, you know whether or not this hinders his development as a quarterback, um, I, I guess we, we will see. Um, he's certainly not playing in uh, any sort of an ideal circumstance. But at the same time, if if he's working with you know good coaching staff that has a good plan for him, and you know it seemed like you know some good things happening for them right um in the context of the talent they have then you know hopefully he can continue progressing and then chicago is going to be a team that has uh you know put plenty of uh assets to to try to improve things around him after they didn't have their first round pick this year because of the fact that they had traded up the fields a year earlier so we'll see how um, you know no no my my family members being packers fans hate whenever i talk about uh potential positive outcomes for the Bears, but I think that's what you're kind of looking at as a Chicago fan and, uh, and reason for optimism if, you, if you're a Bears fan. Uh, moving on to the uh, Seahawks and, and the Steelers game. Yeah, I skipped over really watching the Seahawks. Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of Geno Locke and, and, and or Gene, she's put, putting both guys together. Huh? Geno Smith and Drew Locke over the past few years. Um, I don't need to evaluate them in the preseason. Um, uh, so clicking over to the Pittsburgh side, I was in, interested in seeing Mitchell Trubisky um, back in action after his year in Baltimore, in Buffalo. Um, and then obviously to see the debut of Kenny Pickett. Uh, you know, I think that all, all things considered, um, you know, people are going to get hyped up about, uh, especially the numbers these guys are putting up. I, I, I thought that all the Steelers quarterbacks did, did solid things. Um, I'd be hard pressed to say they did anything spectacular, um, you know, in, in terms of, um, you know, in terms of spectacular, uh, obviously George Pickens uh, did, did a few spectacular things. Uh, unbelievable catch, touchdown catch from uh, Mason Rudolph there in the in the back corner of the end zone, uh, beating uh, Kobe Bryant there, who uh, you know flipping over to where, where maybe some of the things that weren't so impressive. Uh, it, the competition that the Steelers were facing in this one was not too stiff. Uh, the, the Seahawks did not uh, play their starting secondary um, and their starting secondary, which, you know, right now slots in is, you know, Sidney Jones, Justin Coleman, Artie Burns, um, and then the safety tandem of Jamal Adams and Quandry Diggs, you know, all, didn't have all five of those guys out there. And, you know, that looks like a disaster um, as it stands. And so they were playing some of their backups and, you know, Kobe Bryant, I believe, uh, fourth round pick this year. Um, you know, one of those guys who, if you're trying to be optimistic about the, this new uh, plan that they're trying to execute in Seattle, I think that you've got to hope that they find some players like uh, a Kobe Bryant to compete. Um, but, you know, he, he got worked by George Pickens a little bit there. Uh, I, I don't think that's end of a career by any means because this George Pickens is obviously pretty talented. But, you know, that, just not the... Um, not what you necessarily want to see as a Seahawks fan when you currently have 
uh, Artie Burns, you know, potentially slotted in as a starting cornerback, at least according to the last time I looked at our lads. Um, they need to find some players in that back end. So, uh, but anyway, getting back to the Steelers quarterbacks, you know, say, I'm not trying to, you know, say anything negative or it was just more of a neutral thing where, um, you know, certainly um, both of them handled the, or all three of them really handled the situation as well, executed the offense well for Kenny Pickett. Game certainly didn't look too big on, um, you know, was accurate throughout, or I mean, accurate for the most part. Probably his best throw of the game, I think, though, was was that out route uh, that ended up winning the game with with the missed tackle and the run after catch for the touchdown for for uh, Kenny Pickett to to bring the Steelers the the win on the home field, which you know for, for sure fun, a uh, great way to uh, you know christen the whatever the hell they call it uh, field now in Pittsburgh. But at the same time, you know that that's not exactly a high level NFL throw. So I uh, you know. I'm, just, uh, you know, limited takeaways, I guess you would say, in, in terms of, you know, yeah, it, it, it looked good. It, it checked the boxes off, but it, it's not a situation where I, you know, have my jaw drop and it's like, oh, gosh, based, based on what Kenny Pickett did, you know, speed him up to the, to the start of the quarterback rotation. And you know, I didn't think there was anything to really warrant that. I also didn't think there was anything to, you know, warrant being negative about him. Just, you know, um, as I mentioned about uh, Jalen Hurts in an earlier episode, you know, it was just one of those things where... I just didn't get a whole lot of questions answered about that that I currently have about uh, who who this player is going to be in the NFL. So, um, but all in all, hey, glad, glad for Steelers fans that they got the win. Uh, as for as for Seahawks fans, you know we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, ho- hopefully, uh, hopefully things tick up here. But uh, it is really difficult to understand what what hope there is there and, and why they're not looking at that as a total rebuild. But uh, time will tell. I've expressed my opinion on that before. Anyways, uh, that's going to be it for my preseason week one reviews here. I am in the process of getting my uh, updated fantasy uh, draft board put together. Uh, that's going to be available for free on my website, onemanexperiment.com. So I will uh, definitely be posting that so you can you can check that out. And I'm also going to get into typing up some division previews uh, around the NFL. I'm going to uh, be including my models, uh, projected outcomes for, for every team in that. So I'll be posting those on One Man Experiment. And I'll also be doing some accompanying um, videos and podcasts to go along with those uh, team previews. So, uh, so look out for those in the week to come here. And uh, yeah. Uh, running up on week two of the preseason. So, uh, yeah, enjoy all the, all the discussion right now. Plenty of great football talk going on uh, outside of the one-man experiment show. Uh, I'm definitely taking in some of it as I am uh, g- going through my work here. And, uh, yeah, enjoy this upcoming weekend of the preseason. Look forward uh, to learning more and uh, getting ready to make some money this NFL season.